Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. So I like to start off with just a little bit of a poll. Um, This live event is obviously with John Sonmez. I'm going to introduce him in a minute, but we're going to rely very heavily on Q&A here. So to sort of start off that mode of q and I'm going to launch a, a quick little poll for everyone. So the question is, is this your first live event with me? And uh, looks like a lot of people there are saying, yes, it is your first event with me. And another very quick question. I'm curious how many people here are familiar with John's work? So it's so much fun to watch these numbers come in. (laughs) (laughs) John, can you see the numbers or is it just me? I I see them, I think, when it's done. I, I'm not seeing them yet. <laughs> I actually get the real-time feedback, which is pretty addictive. So let's share the results here. So a few people here are familiar with John's work. And um, before asking John to introduce him, himself, I want you to um, – briefly explain my own personal experience with John, which is back in 2015, I had my own R package that I was actively developing, and I wasn't sure if I needed a blog. I thought that a blog might help me communicate with the people who were using my software a bit, but to be honest, I was a bit scared to publish anything online. We all know about internet trolls and things like that. And John has a free course, a free email course on blogging for software engineers. 
And I took it, and I replied to every single one of the emails that he sent me, uh, sometimes many times. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind enough to answer. And the support that he gave me through that, that course and through those emails, um, it really helped me stick with blogging in the beginning because it was um, there are ups and downs with the whole thing. It takes a, a long time to get traction. And uh, the rest, you know, is history. Everyone is here today because I have a blog. So I think I'm, I'm one of his success stories. And now, John, maybe you can introduce yourself uh, and tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, first of all, thank you everyone for, for joining and, and welcome. You're, you're about to enter my, my strange world of, of mixing personal development and software development together. Uh, so if you've, if you've never been on that journey, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was a software developer for about 15 years. You know, I, I still, I guess I'm still a software developer, but I haven't written very much code in, in quite some time because what I'm focused on now is really honestly to help software developers to live better lives. And, and that, I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but what I mean by that is that, you know, I think a lot of software developers, like my, myself included early on, are focused very much on the technical aspects of their career. And, and their life. And that's great, but it only takes you so far. And I always think of it as, you know, it's, it's sort of like if you're driving a car and one of the wheels falls off, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in trouble, right? If you, if you blow a tire. And that's what happens with a lot of software developers in, in their lives is that they're, they're out of balance, right? So they're very good technically, but maybe they're not so good socially, right? And they and they have these problems, self-confidence problems, issues like that, or maybe their their health is not so good, or or fitness, or or finances, even especially finances, can really really bring down the ship. And so, I I, I really focus now on on helping in all, in all those areas. So if you think about it. You know, everything that's a non-technical skill, that's where my, my focus is on software developers. How can I help you? you know, how can I help you to, uh, to, to live a better life? How to get in shape if you want to get in shape? How to uh, build your social confidence? How to get over social anxiety? How to become a better entrepreneur, right? As, as we're going to talk about a little bit in the blogging and, and what, what Ari has, has been able to do. But all those different areas that, that I've sort of, you know, found are, are lacking and, and that I've, I've worked through, through myself. So really you can think of it as, as what I do now is, is personal development specifically for software developers, right? I want to make you better as an, as an overall person and a happier person by, by improving all these areas of your life. And a lot of times it's the areas where a lot of us as software developers think, Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't be that, or I couldn't do that. That's, that's not me. But it, but it is like it, you can, right? And so this is this is something that I've discovered that that most of these 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 limiting beliefs that, that I call it are, are are things that hold a lot of people back. And so that's really my focus. I run a blog called Simple Programmer. I've got a, a YouTube channel where I put out two to three videos a day, and I, I have some products and do you know some speaking. Did you just say two to three videos a day? I do. Yes. Because I I've been on your email. Uh, I'm not on your email list now, but I used to be, and I don't, I've seen a lot of your videos, but how on earth, so you were just talking about limiting, limiting beliefs. I think there's no way that I could ever have three videos a day. How on, how on earth do you manage to do that? 
Well, you know, I have a full-time video editor now that, that lives in Brazil and I have systems. Systems is the key to being prolific. That's, and that's one thing I'll talk about with the blogging too is like, so I have on my desk here a camera that is permanently set up that has a battery, like a, it, it doesn't use a battery. I've got an actual plug-in, you know, it's a DSLR. I've got a wireless mic. And so I just have a schedule to, you know, I'm going to shoot two videos every day. Just, you know, I've got a remote control so I can just stand back, turn on my lights and, and shoot my videos. And then I, I schedule with a professional photographer. Actually, I've got a professional videographer that I'm going to be shooting with tomorrow and we'll shoot like 30 videos in, in six hours. And so we'll batch those up. And those will be high quality ones. So that's a, yeah. a lot of people listening to this, um, and I should have had it as a poll. But why don't you guys in the in the chat box tell me if you already have a blog or not? Because uh, one thing that I'm hearing you say is a lot of people, especially when they're just starting out, are worried about finding things to write about, right, or to create content. And in the chat box, please um, let us know if you already have a blog or not. So we got two people saying no and one saying yes, but it's a small blog without a lot of traffic. And do you guys find it difficult? Well, someone's saying they started a JavaScript blog just to you. Awesome, good. So yeah. I'm just curious, how many of you have difficulty finding topics to, to write about? I think there's a bit of a lag because now all the, the chat is coming in. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounded like you had something to say and I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it probably, maybe it's worth talking about like why you know why it's why, why blog is is good i'm seeing a lot of no's that a lot of a lot of uh developers out there don't have blogs and, and this is pretty common right i think that it, just to give you kind of an example when i go and i speak i've i've spoken in front of maybe like a, a thousand developers sometimes and what i'll do when i'm talking about blogging and marketing yourself is i'll say raise your hand if you've got a blog and maybe like 30 percent of the room will will raise their hand and then I'll say, okay, keep your hand up and, and keep your hand up if you have blogged in the last, in the last month, right? And, and most of the hands will go down, right? And there might be a few hands stand up and then I'll say, okay, well, keep, keep your hand up only if you've blogged at least once a week for the last year and usually every single hand goes down. Sometimes there's one hand up out of a thousand people. Wow. And so... You know, one thing that, that I say right there, and this is kind of the biggest evidence as to, to why a blog is, is, is can be really helpful, is if you are that one person, right, out of a thousand, and this, and remember, this is a group of developers that are going to a conference. So this is already sort of an elite group, right? This is already sort of the top tier of developers. So out of that, if you're if you're the one person who writes a blog post once a week, right, for for 52 weeks, for a year, you are have set yourself out as the 0.01 percent, 
right, at, at that point. And so think about how valuable that is from a marketing perspective. I mean, it's, it's more than the, it's, it's better than the 0.01% because like I said, these are kind of the top tier developers. So this is, you know, if, if you think about it, right, the, it's not that hard to market yourself, right? Just, just doing that one thing, just writing a blog post once a week for an entire year, puts you ahead of how many developers as far as marketing themselves. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I think everyone knows today that if you apply for a job or if someone wants to hire you for a job, if you're a freelancer or, or whatever it is, the first thing that you do, right, is you Google someone's name. Okay. If you're, if you're going to interview someone, what do you do? You interview, you, you Google their name. If they apply for a job and you're thinking about calling them for a phone screen, you Google their name. And if that name comes up and, and a blog comes up as the first hit and that blog is up to date and it's got a lot of good information out there, it's, it's almost like getting an interview ahead of time, right? So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been on both sides of it where I have Googled someone's name and, and it's come up and I've read their blog for an hour, <laughs> right? And then, and then I've made my hiring decision already. They're, they're coming in for the interview, but I'm just going to see, make sure they're not a serial killer, right? <laughs> like I'm just going to get a, you know, do some chronology. What's the <laughs> chronology? Right? I just look at their yeah. make sure that they don't have the facial structure that says that they're serial. No, I'm just kidding. But but I've already made the decision, right? This is this is a key thing, is because I've I've spent time like in their mind, like seeing what they write and what they produce, and I know that they're committed and they're right. So I've I've got all these 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 positive things, and that they know what they're talking about. And and I've been on the other side of it too, where I've had. I've had people call me up when I first started my blog. This is why I sort of got into this so much is they called me up and said, Hey John, we'd like to offer you a job. I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> you mean an interview? No, 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 a job. We, you know, a couple of our devs, we read your blog every, every week and, and we, we know that we want to hire you. We don't need to interview you. And so I was like, wow, this is kind of amazing. Right. So. And yeah, I, I want to just it. jump in to say, I remember back in 20, early 2015 when I took your, your, your free blogging course, I remember you mentioning that, and I remember you, you using a phrase I had never heard of before called inbound marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think, well, I, I actually want to say that the experience, I remember you saying that. I remember, I remember believing you, but also having some disbelief because it seemed um, so far removed from where I was. Because uh, up until 2015, like you, I guess, I had 15 years of full-time software development experience. I was in academia too. Um, but everything had been a full-time job until 2015. And when I took your course... And you mentioned this inbound marketing thing. Um, things began clicking for me, and it took about a year. No, it didn't. It took less than a year for me to have to have the same experience that you had that you described, and it felt really surreal the first time it happened. And I and I want to point out that it's only gotten better over right. time. Um, I guess that makes sense. Like the the the, the quality of opportunities that have come to me through my blog, the quality has increased a lot. I think people here um, who are on my list, who have been on my list for a while, will know that I am giving a talk to the CDC's R users group, which has like 800 people in two weeks. 
Um, I'm writing a, a talk just for them. And when I left full-time employment to work on my little mapping project in 2015, my coworkers felt that I was kind of wasting my time on this project. Right. Here I am two years later, thanks to internet marketing, thanks to inbound marketing, thanks to a blog. I am now sort of talking to, I guess, um, in my mind, one of the most prestigious users of statistical maps in the world, the CDC, about my work. So I just want to reinforce that what, what John said um, isn't a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale that people, that if you blog regularly, um, people can call you up for a job. I have not changed at all since 2015. It's really just the marketing concepts that John introduced me to. And, and here's the thing, it's, you know, this is why, so yeah, I get this a lot. It's like, well, yeah, okay, so fine. If that, if everyone was doing it, it wouldn't work. And it, if it works so well, why isn't everyone doing it? And, you know, the, the answer to the, both of those questions is, is called commitment, right? And it's, and it's, first of all, everyone's not doing it and they can't do it because majority of people will not be committed enough to actually because it's hard. It's hard to write a blog post every week. It's hard to do this stuff. It's hard to, you know, I, I got my trust the process shirt on. It's hard to trust the process when you're not seeing results. That's the key. Okay. So, and, and also, uh, if it if it works, why isn't everyone doing it? Again, it, it, it's it's because because it, it's so hard. You know, it, it, and one thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is that the, the internet, the world, is a very very big place. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing that inbound marketing is there are a lot of people out there that could pay you for to do a job to, to pay you. I mean, I, I, when I started doing my blog, I was I was billing around $50 an hour. Then I bumped it up to $100 an hour to 200 to $300 an hour. I charge $1,000 an hour now if you want me on the phone to talk. And I have clients that gladly pay that amount and I have to turn people down. It's insane. I never thought that that would be possible. It's, it just, it blows my mind. Can you, can you please explain? I think a lot of people, I mean, I know the answer to this. I have an answer to this, but I expect a lot of people here will be thinking, this guy just said someone is calling me up. Um, someone is gladly willing to pay $1,000 an hour to get me on the phone. And, you know, another, another great influence who I hope to, to have onto this lecture series I'm now hosting is Brennan Dunn. Mm. And something I learned from Brennan is to think about value. To right. think about, it's not just that someone, it's not just that someone is willing to pay you this money, it's $1,000 an hour, John. It's not, um, <laughs> I think we are talking about John's concepts. <laughs> um, it's valuable to them. It's your time is worth $1,000 to them. Can you explain why that, how that, how that developed, that relationship developed where this person thought that thinks or feels or gets a thousand dollars of value from you. How does that relate to having a blog? So, so it's a combination of things, right? This is where where it's kind of critical is, and that's where this inbound marketing is. And this and this applies. This is kind of a very broad concept that that that's going to apply to a lot of different areas, right? It's and I use this. So what I what I talk about a lot is is the skill level, right? Or you know you could say technical skill, and then and then marketing. I've got it's hard to see on my wall, but I've got this poster that's got charlatan, martyr, hustler, 
and it's got like a scale from work to talk, right? And it, it's kind of interesting because what this represents, and this is like just a kind of a very fundamental principle, is that you've got skill, whether it be technical skill or whatever skill level it is, and you've got sort of the, the promotion, branding, marketing of that. And, and marketing is sort of like a multiplier to that. So, so, so what ends up happening is you, you've got to be good, right? First of all, in order to, otherwise you're just a charlatan, right? You're just selling snake oil. Okay. So you've got to build up a skill level, but the biggest factor that's going to influence how much money you make, what your results are, is going to be that multiplier, which is how you market and brand yourself. That's where the blogging comes in. That's where we're doing YouTube or whatever it is that, that marketing. And the reason why that works is because the bigger the reach is, the more likely you're going to find someone that will pay you more money, right? So for example, if, 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 I, you know, if I gave you the ability to, to get 2,000 job offers from, from companies, right? You would see a bell curve in what the offers were, right? If, if you had that ability, I mean, no one's gonna get 2,000 job offers, but just imagine this, right? And at the bottom of the, on the one side of the bell curve, there'd be people offering you $60,000 a year, right? And that'd be, but at, somewhere at the very tip of that, on the other side of the bell curve, right? To talk about statistics, there'd be someone that would be willing to pay you $300,000 a year. There would be, right? If, you, if you've got, as long as you've got the skill, if you've got that much, right? So the bigger that you audience you get in front of, the more opportunities, the more opportunities, right? If, if I had, if I had, you know, a thousand people visiting my blog per month, there no one would. The the, the odds of me finding someone that would pay me a thousand dollars an hour, tiny, okay? But if I have and I do about 600,000 developers that I that either watch my videos or read my blog posts per month, the odds of finding a couple of people that will pay that, or there's, there's someone that will pay me $10,000 an hour. There is someone out there, right? You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, and that's, and it's not just me, it's anyone. It's just how much exposure that you get if you, if you, and you, ha you still have to have the skills to, to back that up. So that's where, that, that's kind of the, just looking at it from a statistic viewpoint. Now the value side of it is, is the same that I pay, uh, I, I pay people the same amount. I, I, I've paid people $1,000 an hour to get their advice, right? Uh, because I know that if I've got a business, right, that is making several hundred thousand dollars a year and I can talk to someone for an hour and I know that, you know, it's little tweaks, right, that they can, they can raise my revenue by 5% by, by the advice that they give me, then I can make easily $10,000 from that one one hour conversation. So that's, that's really, really the key is, is, is those, those two things that are working is, is one, you know, getting the exposure to be able to find, you know, that 80, 20 curve where, where you have enough inbound marketing, you have enough leads that you're going to be able to, to make that money. And then the, the second part being that, how do you create the value, right? The, the, the people that are going to pay you the, the big bucks are the ones where that you're going to be able to create more value, right? I'll pay at any, I'll pay any price. Anytime you say, you know, this is my price, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a hundred percent return on your money or I'll pay whatever it is. If you said $50,000 an hour, but I know I'm going to get a hundred thousand dollars worth of value. I, I'd gladly pay that. And I've, you know, I've, I've paid, I've had someone come down, fly down and help me with some marketing stuff. And I've paid them $5,000 for them to come out for a day. 
but you know what? I made $20,000 from that. So it was, it was worth it. So that's, that's the key. And that's the mindset that, that you got to think, especially if you're doing consulting is, okay, what is the value that I'm going to be able to provide someone? You know, if you've got a company that makes $10 million a year revenue and you're building a product or, or a piece of software for them, that's going to save them, you know, $500,000 a year, well, they'll pay you a lot of money for that if you can prove that. So what advice do you have for people who are considering uh, who don't yet have a blog but want to get started? So, so the biggest thing is, first of all, you got to make a commitment, right? And, and you have to understand that it's going to take some time to get traction. I, I think of it as like, so the reason I'm saying that is because you have to have the right mindset, prepare ahead of time, right? If you, if you go and you run a marathon, at the starting line of the marathon, there's a ton of people there, okay? And, uh, and, um, and, and what, what's gonna happen is that if you get to mile 20 and you look around, there's not very many people, okay? And that's where, where the, you've gotta get to mile 20, right? You've gotta get, be able to complete this, and so then you're gonna start to see the value. So everyone starts a blog, okay? Most developers have started a blog at some point. Majority of them are not blogging after a year right? After two years, how many bloggers are out there after three years? I don't know any software developers that have a blog that they've regularly maintained for five years that, that aren't making six figures and doing well, right? Like they're, 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 <laughs> it, you would have to be, there's maybe someone out there. Sticking with it is the, the biggest key to success? Yes. Sticking with it is, is the biggest key to success is, as long as you're actually consistently producing content. So I always say it's, it's commitment, okay? It's persistence and it's, uh, it's uh, consistency. Those are the most important factors in success, really, in, in life. <laughs> if, you, if you stick with something, and, and there, there's a lot of reasons why. One of them is just because that's how, how it works, right? So like I said, with the marathon, there's a lot of people at the starting line but there's not a lot of people at the finish and so you have a lot of competition when you start a blog okay but if you're if you're the group of bloggers that's been blogging for three years you don't have much competition out there there's not a lot of a lot of people that so you, you get more of the rewards right because it's there's less competition you got to go where there's no competition you hike up high in the mountain you know the, the, the harder the path is the better it is because less people will follow you there and that's where you you, you get less competition higher barrier to entry right these are, are the things uh, and then the other the other piece of this is that by by being consistent and persistent by con continually producing content you're going to get better you're going to get a lot better, especially the more prolific that you are, right? It, it just naturally happens. Your brain is such a, such a complicated piece of machinery that it, it adapts. And so if you're constantly pretty, I mean, when I first started writing, I sucked. When I start, first started doing video, I sucked. Some people still say that I suck. I don't care, <laughs> you know? But, but the thing is, like, I got, a, I got a lot better. I mean, I published a book, right? I, I, I got D's in, like, in, in English, you know, I was in all the AP courses except for English, and they said, yeah, you just can't write, and you just don't have, don't have a very good command of, of the English language. So, well, so, well You wrote a book. <laughs> you wrote a book, and it, it sold quite well, I think. Yeah, it's translated into, like, seven languages. So, oh, my gosh. Um, but, but that's, it, it's, it's, it's nothing special about me. It's, it's about, except that I'm, I'm a freaking, I'm a bulldog, and I will 
doggedly pursue things and I will be consistent and committed and, and present because I know that that's what, what's, what's important. So I would say starting out, first of all, get that mindset in, in place. Do not think that this is going to happen in six months. Be, be prepared for the long haul. Say, okay, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to do this for a minimum of a year, but really two years before I start to see results. And I'm not going to worry about the results. I'm going to trust the process until I get there. Wait, can and you then, repeat that? Because I think that that was actually a really significant point. Sure. So yeah. So when you start out, the mindset that you have to have is this is going to take two years and I'm going to write a blog post every week for two years and I'm not going to focus on the results. The results will come. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust the process and, and those results will come if I, if I do it, if I show up and show up every day because most people won't do that. Um, so so that's, that's, that's the number one to have that mindset. And then the number two thing that I would say here is that, which is really important, is that you have to pick a niche, a specialty, right? You want to set yourself apart and you want to have a very, a very small market. So you always want to be the big fish in the small pond, right? You don't want to be the small fish in the big pond. So what I mean is don't, a lot of developers create a blog about software development. Okay, that's, that's great. In 10 years, you'll get traction on that blog if you keep writing for 10 years, like it, because you've got such a big market, it's so hard, but I'll tell you what, you know, if you niche down, right? So let's say that you said, man, I really, I really love, and I know a lot about the Android list view control. <laughs> Just this one control, I know how to customize it, I can say how to use it, I can make these tutorials, right? And you make a whole blog just about that specific thing. Or, you know, another example I use is C++ pointer dude. Like if you're like, okay, I, I, all the stuff that people don't know about pointers, I'm gonna write a blog just totally talking about pointers and how to deal with memory and, and all this stuff, the, the kind of hard stuff that C++ beginners have a lot of, a lot of struggle with, everything about pointers or, you know, or, Ari's, you know, on, on R, on, on data science and like, you know, you, you specifically niche down as much as, as possible. Even, I did even more than R. I did statistics, I did R, the intersection of R mapping and open data. Exactly. Which exactly. seems way too small to ever be of interest to anyone, but the upside is that someone like the CDC, for example, has that exact need. So then I become, like you said, the big fish in the small pond. Yes, exactly. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the key because, see, and that's why you're going to be able to talk in front of the CDC is because like you're the guy, right? It's like, you, you know, and, and you can always expand out from there, but that's the thing is like once you're known as a, it's so much easier to be known specifically as that that niche you can go and you can speak at conferences you can write a book you can you know you can get on podcasts right because you're you're you're, you're the expert you can you can be the expert in that area whereas if you're just like i'm just a real good software developer well there's a few of those out there like i think bob martin you know comes to mind he doesn't i don't really give him a niche or specialty but he had one he was actually you know where he started out i did an interview with him and he told me that he started out in the C++ forums and he was this guy that would solve all these, these problems. So he was like an expert in there and he expanded that. And then he went to Agile, right? And then in he, the Agile Manifesto and all that. And so, so the, the, the key is like, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be pigeonholed either, right? Because you can eventually expand out, but you got to have that niche so much easier when you can dom you want to dominate the market. I always say, what is the thing that you can be number one 
in the world at, right? This is, I think that's the bar that you want to set for, for creating your blog is, is however you're going to combine them. There's lots of ways to slice it down, but I mean, you, you think about it, right? And, and that's, that's what I do. Like as far as simple programmer goes, I, I can confidently say I'm number one in the world at teaching soft skills to software developers. There's, there's no one else that's even really coming close to doing that at the level that, that I'm doing it. So that's a good niche for me because I can, I can own that space. I dominate that space. You know, I get a majority when people think soft skills, software developers. Got you know, it. I mean, so, and that's what you want, whatever it is, whatever your niche is, you want people to say, Oh, when I think this, oh, I think of this guy and that's, that's going to give you the greatest, fastest success where you can branch out from there. Um, we, have, we have a few questions here. Um, let's answer them. And then um, after that, I, I'd like to get your take on technology to use for blogging and so on. Um, let's, let's look at these questions. Are you, um, Stony Vinston asked, is this similar to Rob Welling's targeting a niche idea to serve those customers the best? I'm not familiar. I, I recognize the name Rob Walling, but I, I'm not familiar with this concept. Are you? Yeah. So this is this this would be very very similar, right? So what I'm what I'm proposing is that you own a niche. This is more of a branding move, right? You be become that person that that's that's known. You know, here, here's here's kind of the an analogy, right? Let's say that you were accused of murder. Okay. <laughs> when you, when you're accused of murder, okay, this is a serious Let's Say you're in a state that has a death penalty. Okay. You're going and you're looking for lawyers. Okay. So you see a lawyer and, and there's this guy that he's, uh, he does criminal justice, but he also is, uh, does tax law and he, he's your, he's your one-stop shop for law and he's an expert in, in tax law and he does divorce law and, you know, in, in criminal law and, and murder, you know, you know, so, but then you've got another guy and he says, this is what I do. What I do, I am the person who beats murder raps. Like you've been on, unjustly accused of murder I am all I do all I live for is to get people out of unfair murder raps that's that's my specialty I don't do tax I don't do anything else just that which guy do you hire right it's it's very very clear right when you put it at those terms are you going to risk your life with the guy that does some tax and estate planning on the side or are you going to go with the the guy that just specializes in, in that's and that's what employers think that's what people who want to hire you at an hourly rate think that's the power of branding you yes as a software developer you should be a generalist you and, and i always say this right if you're familiar with macgyver everyone wants a macgyver no one wants to hire a macgyver because they don't trust a MacGyver, right? And what I mean by that is if you're a jack of all trades, they, everyone wants you to be able to do, to handle the database, to be able to write in whatever programming language, whatever technology, and you should be able to do that. That's having a broad base. But when they hire you, right, they're thinking of the murder rap. They're like, man, I, I know I want a, a, a general a developer that can do all this stuff, but, but hey, we're having problems with our React JS stuff, and I need, I need a guy that can do this. So you want to market yourself specifically and build that brand. That's going to be powerful, right? And if you look at it, look at the world, right? Look at the most successful real estate 
agents. Okay. Look at the most successful, you know, lawyers, look at all of those. And they always have a very, very deep specialty that, that, uh, that helps them to build that brand. So that, that's kind of the, the key. And so that's, that's the difference is, you know, what I'm talking about is, is doing it at the brand level. At, at you, you are the product. Okay. It's the same thing as what Rob Walling is saying, except you are the product serving that particular niche. Whereas he, he's looking at, okay, here's a, here's a niche of customers that have a set of needs and let's build a product specifically for them, which is great. It's a great concept and you should do that within your audience. Once you build up an audience, if you want to be an entrepreneur and, and I'll tell you this also for those of you that, that, you don't want to, you don't want a nine to five job. I get it. I don't, I don't want a nine to five job. Never, you can never hire me again. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, or, or maybe you don't want to be a consultant. Fine. I'm done with that too. I really, I, that's why I jacked up my hourly rate is because I don't want to do consulting. What I want to do is build products and sell them and, and do what I want to do. Well, if you want to be guaranteed success in launching a product, build an audience first. I'm just telling like this is such the it's easy street for making money for building a, a, a company for building product and trust me on this like I mean you know it's incredible that because I have so much inbound marketing right I said so many people literally I sell a thousand dollars a day of, of my products just I don't pay for any advertising it's all inbound marketing it's insane right I never thought that that would be possible and I've seen people do it, you know, a real famous historical uh, version of this was, uh, was Stack Overflow, okay? Joel Spolsky and Jeff Atwood, they had huge blogs, huge audiences. The re number one reason why Stack Overflow was so successful had nothing to do with the technology or the idea. It was a great idea, it was well-implemented technology, but it was because they had audiences, because they had seed audiences. Because when they launched this thing, they had, they had several thousand people on the platform using it from day one. That is, that's the power of, of building an audience. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, start with the personal branding, build up your blog, build up an audience, and man, like you'll have something to sell. And I guarantee you, not everyone in my audience on my mailing list will buy every product that I have, but there are some people that it doesn't matter what I sell, they're going to buy it instantly as soon as I sell it because they like me, they like my brand, they trust me, and that's, that's so much, I don't have to market to them at all, I don't have to sell them anything, I just say, hey, I've got this thing, and bam, they're, they're buying it. That's, that's fascinating. Um, we have a few questions here, but um, there's a question I want to ask you first before we get to those reader questions because, or the viewer questions, because it comes up a lot when people are emailing me, and that's what platform do you recommend for, for hosting your blog? So this, I, I am very big on WordPress for, for a couple of reasons, and, and I, would, I would say there's a couple of things here. Okay, so one, wordpress.org.com. So what I mean by that is host your own blog, right? You can, there's, you can use Bluehost or you can use DigitalOcean. I've got servers DigitalOcean, right? What you want to do is the, the, the key principle, I'll give you the principle behind it and then I'll give the specific because I think it's important to understand the principle. The principle is this. You know the not invented here syndrome, right? You know the this is not your specialty, right? You want to focus as your blogging career, right? As a blogger, what you want to do is you want to focus on getting blog posts out and getting an email list and doing your, your marketing. You do not want to, like that's, that's 
the, the technology, even though you're a software developer, that is not the primary thing. In your regular job doing software development, yes, writing code is what you do. But when you're blogging, it's getting the content out there. It's, it's, so what you want to do is you want to remove as many obstacles, as many choices, as much mm, and, and thinking about this and, and delay as possible, and you want to make it as easy as possible. Now, that's why I recommend WordPress, right? I'm not WordPress. You know, Matt Willig doesn't pay me to say to promote WordPress, right? Atomic or whatever the, the company, but it, it's it's so ubiquitous, right? Like there's, it's so easy to get a WordPress install up, and you can run it on anything, and it's got a thousand, hundred thousand plugins. I don't even know how many plugins and themes and all that. So you can get this stuff up and running, and anything you want to do, from accepting payments to having an e-commerce store and all that. You can do so easily in WordPress and you don't have to fiddle with the technology. Plus you can hire someone to, there's so many WordPress developers so you can have anything you need written and, and you don't have to fiddle with the technology. So that's why I recommend that is because it's so, so simple. Now, yeah, I know there's Ghost and there's GitHub and stuff like that, but here's the thing. And, and I'll tell you this, a lot, a lot of people that are doing the GitHub blogs, the static blogs, that's cool. I like that. That's, it's a really cool concept, but, but here's the thing. At some point, Hopefully on day one of your blog, you're going to want to collect email addresses. And you might not think that you want to, but trust me, you do. <laughs> okay? Because that's going to be critical, right? And you're not going to be able to do that very easily if, you're, if your blog is posted on GitHub. Okay? You, you need to have control over that stuff. Maybe you want to put ads on your blog at, at some point. I didn't think I was going to want to do some of this stuff, but I didn't think my blog was going to become a business that does $30,000 a year in revenue. I mean, a month in revenue. Sorry, not a year, a month. But that's what it is at this point. So I made some short-sighted decisions early on. I want to save you from making those decisions. Don't spend a whole bunch of money, right? But make sure that you're using a platform that is going to expand with you, that is going to be easy to configure, that you're not going to worry about the technical stuff. Yes, I know you can write your own your, your own blog software, but don't do it because it'll take you six months to do it and it's going to make it so less likely that you're going to create a blog. And if you go through this list or if you make the spreadsheet, you know, like we, we tend to do and, and analyze all the blogging software and the pros and cons and stuff, it's like taking this, this, the wind out of your sails, right? You're, right now you're fired up. You're going to blog. Fine. Start a WordPress blog today, right? And you can change the technology later if you just really don't like it. But take action today rather than thinking analysis paralysis is is horrible most a lot of people lose their momentum and they lose their motivation because they're trying to make decisions whereas there's it's simple just pick something and go with it even if you're not going to take my advice and take wordpress then fine fine get ghost or whatever you're going to do and and just start blogging right because that's i get that out of your way you you mentioned something really interesting that i want to to come back to um you mentioned that on day one, you think people should try and capture email addresses. And that's something I've recommended to my audience too. Um, it's worked really well for me, but uh, sometimes I feel like it's a tough sell to people. So can you please explain to people why you recommend that they start capturing email addresses on day one? Sure. So this is one of those things where you're, you, you could never have started earlier, right? I wish I would have started <laughs> capturing email addresses on day one. Because when I look at, again, not everyone wants to make their blog into a business, but you don't know if, if you're going to. And if you do, 
the number one way that you're going to sell things is through email. That is the number one best sales channel that there possibly is. Trust me on this one. Trust me. I mean, my like I said, I'm doing $1,000 a day of revenue on, on my digital products. 99% of that is coming from emails that I'm sending out. That's how, how, like, people do not go to the sales page and buy. They just don't. I mean, maybe a very small portion, and definitely no one buys off of Twitter. They just send nasty, snarky comments, <laughs> right? That, that doesn't happen. But someone signs up for my email list, they get some good content from me. And, and here's the reason why. This is why it's so critical, okay? is because selling something to someone, especially when you're using your blog and your, and your personal branding, is, is like a court, it's like a relationship, right? Okay, if you know, some, some of you like, you know, on this webinar, some of you are like that John guy, he's such a freaking sleazebag. Hate that guy. Good. Get out of here. Fine. <laughs> you know, but, but what, what I'm saying is like, you, you know, you, you might still like Ari, that's fine. You don't have to like me. Don't come to my blog. Don't, it's fine. But, but, but some of you are going to be like, man, this John guy, he's like resonating with like, I totally, I'm, I was pumped up. I want to lift some weights after this and like, and start a blog. And that's great. Okay. And, and, and so, if I only, if you only come to my blog and you read one blog post, you're not going to get enough of a feel, right? In order to say, I like this guy or I hate this guy, right? I, I don't care, you know, like me or hate me, whatever. But, but the thing is, if you capture someone's email address, okay, then you can send them some content. Then you can send them some good, your best stuff. You can say, hey, look, check out this this webinar that I did. Check out this this blog post I I think you might like this or. I do, I do a lot of email courses where I say, I'm going to give you a, a free email, like the blogging course, right? So the, the blogging course is a free email course. You sign up, you get something from me, you get a lot of lessons from me that are valuable. I'm personally responding to those lessons, giving you value. By, the, by that time, okay, it's, you know, it, for this, in the sales pitch type of language, you're softened up, right? You, you either, you're either blue, said, oh, screw this, right? And you're out of there. Or or you've, you've gotten enough contact and communication that you're like, I, I like this guy. I like what he says. I, I, I want to buy his product now. And, and so that's, that's the, the, the key thing is like when someone comes to your blog post and they read it once, right? You know, I think on Simple Programmer, we do, we do get about 10,000 views a day. Okay. Most of those people are never coming back. That there's, the world is large. Okay. But all the people who's, who sign up and we get their email address, I can contact them and I can, and they can unsubscribe. That's fine. It, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like email spam. That's fine. But there's a lot of people that do like it. And there's, there's honestly, you know, there, there, there's people that are, are waiting to get information from you. They're like, man, I love that you, that I've got, that you've, that you're emailing me this valuable stuff right, right here in my inbox and keeping me accountable and stuff like that. So that's, that's the key thing. And even if you're not going to sell a product, okay, just having that, it gives you, if you have a list, right, let's say that, that you lose your job tomorrow, like it, it's a crazy thing, you didn't expect this, you could send an email to all the people that, that visit your blog and you could say, hey, look, here's the deal, like you've been following my blog for a while, appreciate you, you know, I lost my job, I'm looking for an opportunity, Do you, does, does anyone have one, you guys know my skill set, right? Man, your phone is going to be ringing off the hook if you got like 10,000 people on your email list. Be crazy. Or if you're looking for consulting work, you're like, ah, I, I quit my job. I want to just do consulting. Man, you've got a ton of leads right there. So it, this is extremely valuable no, no matter what. And even though your stomach might turn, right? And you say, ah, oh, I hate that stupid email marketing and like spammy asking for people's email address. I'm sorry, but in business, you have to do what's effective, right? And as long as you're creating value for people, as long as you're giving them value, 
that, that that's fine, right? You don't have to like the tactic, right? In order for you to say, well, this is the most effective thing. Because if I said, I don't like selling through email, I, I wouldn't have a business at all. Like there, there <laughs> I would do like a, a tenth of the revenue that I, that I possibly, I wouldn't be able to afford to pay my employees. It, it, you know, I, I have to stomach that and, and say, but, well, here's a trade-off. I might not like pop-ups and stuff like that, but I'm giving so much value. Like I, I pour my heart out in everything I do. When I make videos, when I, you know, I'm giving you my all today on this, this webinar because I, I, I want to reach people so I can, I can, I can literally helpfully, hopefully improve their lives. And so that's the, the key. We've got a, a question here um, from Bill, and I think it, it relates to what you're saying with email. Can you say how has LinkedIn helped or not helped your blog's growth? You know, LinkedIn is, is kind of an interesting one. I was just talking about this the other day. Social media is, is pretty close to dead as far as, as far as marketing is concerned. What I mean, so, you know, LinkedIn is- That's a strong statement, John. We're dying yeah. to hear, we're trying to, we're dying to hear um, your explanation. Well, let me give you some numbers, right? And, and then I'll, I'll talk about LinkedIn. So for, for example, Twitter, I've got about 50,000 followers on Twitter. Okay. When I tweet out a blog post on Twitter, if I get five or 10 clicks on it out of 50,000 followers, that's, that's good. Most, wow. <laughs> right. That's, that's about the best I can expect. So it, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, how long does it take to get 50,000 followers on Twitter? It takes a long freaking time. Uh, and then how effective is it? Almost zero. Like it, it wouldn't make a difference. If I dropped off of Facebook and Twitter, it would not affect my bottom line, basically. So, wow. <laughs> so, so there's not much, you know. Now, LinkedIn is a little bit different because I think that it's, it's a little bit more connect like LinkedIn updates, maybe more people comment and click on it. I've got maybe like, I don't know, 6,000 connections on LinkedIn, which is still a lot. Right. And, and, and it's still not like super effective, but the LinkedIn pulse thing is interesting. I think that that has some legs to it right now because it's not oversaturated at this point. So what LinkedIn pulse is pulse is basically a blog that you can do on LinkedIn and the people that are having success with that today, which I'm actually not doing it, but I, I've got a, a job rec for someone. One, one of my, one of my crew is, is going to eventually start reposting my stuff there, but I'm seeing people that are having success with it where they're, they're publishing a blog post on their blog first, which is critical. Do it on your blog first. And then they're publishing on LinkedIn Pulse, And it's sort of like a snippet where it's like, click here to read more. And they're, they're giving it a decent. Interesting. So there's, there's this other question, and I know we've got only about 10 more minutes left. So I want to, uh, to the extent possible, get through all the questions because, um, you know, that, that's the best. Uh, I, like you said, the Q&A really is the thing. Um, this anonymous viewer just asked, what's the right way to market your blog? So this is a, this is a tough one. It depends on where you're at. Okay, because one of the pieces of advice that I give in, in my email course and the blogging course is I say, okay, comment on other people's blogs, right? And a lot of people say, oh, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't scale. Well, it all depends on where you're at, right? So in order to move the needle, what moves the needle where you're at? If you just started your blog and you're getting like just your mom and, and, uh, and your, your sister reading, reading your blog every day, so you're only getting two page views. Well, if you go out and you comment on 10 other people's blogs that are sort of in your niche or, or area, and that gets you 
10 people that click through that link or, or, or even just the blog authors who they want to see who the heck you are and, and they, in providing valuable comments, right? Not spam comments. Oh, go check out my blog. No, valuable comments. It's, it's time intensive. But if that gets you 10 more clicks, what is that? You know, you're going from two to, to 10. That's, that's over 500% growth. <laughs> that's pretty damn effective at that level, right? Great numbers. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you've got a thousand people visiting your blog every day, it doesn't make sense to go out and comment on blogs and try to get 10 extra paid views. It's, it's not going to make a difference. So it depends on where you are. But mo here, here's the thing. Marketing, good marketing is, is creating value for people, free value for people. I always say I give away 90% of what I do for free and I charge for 10% of it, okay? But that 90%, I'm, I'm giving just the high, sometimes the 90% I give away, sometimes I think maybe that's higher quality than the 10% I charge for, to be honest, because I'm putting out free YouTube videos, putting out blog content, I'm, I'm putting a lot of value into that stuff. So the best way to market your blog is to actually create valuable stuff, right? That's, again, social media is not super effective, sure, you know, tweet your blog post, you should do that. That's easy. You can automate that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing that's going to help you to market your blog is going to be having a, a wide surface area of good content. And, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, being prolific is, is probably going to help you more than anything else. The reason why I do two to three YouTube videos a day and my growth, my YouTube growth looks like this is because there's so much surface area. People, you're, you're going to find me if you search for software development on YouTube. Like, you're going to run into me or you're going to run into someone's video recommendation on the side because I've got, you know, I think at this point, 1,200 videos out there. Wow. Okay. And so that's, and on my blog post, I've got like 600 blog posts. So the, the chance of people finding you, right? And then when you get their email address, okay, and then you can tell them when you get new blog posts, it, it, it sort of, accumulates, but it takes time. So if you, if you really want the best strategy for marketing your blog, it's really going to be create a lot of good content, be as prolific as you can afford to be. Okay. And, and be consistent over time, right? In, in, in two, three years, you're going to have traction if you can keep on going. Right. What do you think, you know, we, we've talked about that, that two, two to three year time frame, And, and I, I just wanted everyone to know, I agree completely with what John said. Um, the beginning, uh, things do grow and the beginning is the hardest part. Why do you think some people get traction with their blogs and some people don't? You know, other than tenacity, what are, what are those, those success stories? Why do some people sort of, survival analysis is the technical term, I think. Why do some people make it to that point and some people don't? There's, you know, it, it, it's hard to say. You, you can't necessarily predict these things. Some people will just, they'll be at the right place at the right time. So, you know, I, I always hate, hate when people say, oh, luck, 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 you know, uh, survive, survivorship bias. Okay, yes, there is, luck is involved in success. But you know what? If I'm here and I'm there and I'm there and every time that they're like, I'm up to bat all the time, eventually I'm going to get lucky, <laughs> right? So you got to position yourself to get lucky. The more blog posts you write, the more chances that one of them is going to go viral on Hacker News and suddenly you're going to, you know, or that, I mean, I had the, the editor of Wired Magazine blogged on his blog, one of my blog posts that he read. It was a random thing, but that helped me a whole lot, right? That's like, gave me, there's these random lucky events that happened. My Pluralsight stuff was, was like, I was in the right place at the right time. So a lot of times, 
you, you'll see some people. And I've, I've had people that have out-successed me after my blogging course. Like, I'm like, you're crazy. After, after three months, they were getting as many page views as I was. <laughs> Right after my six years, seven years of blogging. And it was just because they were in the right niche at the right time. They were riding a wave, right? And and it's great if that happens. It's, so that can happen, but you can't count on that, right? The, the, my, I always say this is, this is one strategy that always works. If you outwork someone, you will win. You will eventually win, right? You will eventually succeed. When I set out on my Pluralsight, to do my Pluralsight courses, I said, you know what? How can I be the, the, the highest paid author at Pluralsight? How can I be the best author at Pluralsight? Well, you know what? I'm going to produce more courses than anyone has ever seen. Like at, at the, I'm going to be the, I'm going to produce more than anyone. And that will guarantee me that I will, will be up there. And I did. Right. And that's, that's, that's the key. That's what I started doing with, with YouTube. So the, the thing is like some people are going to hit home runs on their first up at bat and, but you can't compare yourself to that. You got to be, that's why I said the mindset is so important. You got to be in it for the long haul. If you get lucky and you're in the right place at the right time, you know, on your, on your first swing of the bat and your blog skyrockets, great. It can happen. It's not as likely to happen, but don't count on that instead. And, and you can't really even predict that. I mean, essentially you can do, do do two strategies that I have seen people be successful at. One of them is that they are extremely, extremely prolific, okay? And they produce a lot of content and they're not worried about producing crap at first because they know they're gonna get better. And the other one is there's people that are super, super meticulous and they only produce the highest quality stuff. You know, think, think of, of what's that NPR program, This American Life, right? That level, right? versus if you're familiar with entrepreneur on fire okay entrepreneur on fire extremely prolific it's not always it's i love the i don't know and not that i love john and I, and I love the podcast if you listen to the podcast but his his success method is being prolific as hell and he's gotten better at interviewing and he's gotten better content and he gets better guests and stuff because he produces an episode every single day whereas this american life they're so meticulous they're like you know and they, they hit a home run in a totally different way so you get you Pick one of those. <laughs> I'm always going to say the prolific one always is guaranteed to win, whereas there's a lot of sad people that produce great stuff that never get heard of on the other side. That are they're just they're just swinging for the fences. But pick one of those or mix a strategy. Uh, Nicholas Talib uh, in Anti-Fragile calls it the barbell strategy. You do a few home runs and you do a lot of base hits, but don't go in the middle. Don't produce mediocre content at a at a crap rate. <laughs> That's, that's, the, that's the one thing I would say don't do. So, you know. that's, uh, that's really funny. Well, I feel like we're at time. Do you have time for one more question? Sure, one more question. Um, and this is a pretty technical one, but, but I like this question because it relates to um, email service providers. Someone is thinking about um, finally collecting email addresses and they wanted you to compare and contrast ConvertKit and Drip. Okay, so I personally have not used ConvertKit. I'm, I'm friends with Nathan Berry and with Rob Walling. And 
so and Nathan Barry's the the guy in charge of who's created ConvertKit. Rob Walling has has drip. He's he's recently sold it to uh, Lead Pages, and he he's working under them, but still running the company. The biggest thing that I like about Drip, I still use Drip. I I pay them like seven hundred bucks a month <laughs> because my email list is big, uh, but I gladly do it. And the reason why I like them so much is because they they understand programmers <laughs> that you can set up complicated email courses and workflows in there where it's like a drag and drop kind of like a, a flow chart where you can say, okay, when they do this and that, and I have been able to automate, you get automated sales from me. I can like tag people and, and do, I can do all the kinds of geeky stuff that I want to do in order to be able to automate as much of, of sending specific emails to specific people on my list as possible. And I haven't found a tool that does it better than, than drip so far. ConvertKit is, is a great tool from what I've heard as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock it. Like, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're really like, don't let this be something that you, you agonize over and don't do something, pick one, you're, you'll, you'll be fine. You can always switch if you, if you change your mind later, but do something, but they're, they're both good choices. But drip is the one that I, I tend to, to like the best. Yeah, and I, I can just add my own experience. I started out using MailChimp because it was free. Mm -hmm. And like you, you say don't let an don't let a decision prevent you from making progress. Um, and then one month later, I created my my first email course, and I had to pay them ten dollars a month to have their automation features. So free didn't last very long for me. And right. then I think nine months later, I moved over to Drip. And uh, it costs more money, but I'm very glad I did. The ease at which I can create those workflows works really well for me. And I don't want to get into the weeds of, of um, workflows, especially because um, we're now at time. It's, it's 11.01. So, John, how can people um, learn more about you and follow up with you if they have questions? Yeah, so simpleprogrammer.com is my my hub, right? You can find me there. Just think simple programmer, uh, and and you can YouTube is is where I produce the most content now nowadays. Uh, I've also got a book coming out that I just finished. You can, if you want free chapters, it's called the Software Developer's Career Guide, the Complete Software Developer's Career Guide. It will be publishing, but you can actually get it free via email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, let me make sure I've got the link here. I, I believe it's simpleprogrammer.com slash career guide. Let's see if that actually works. Yes, it does. You can sign up. You'll give me your email address. Ooh, and then you'll get the free chapters of the book and you'll you'll find out when it actually gets gets fully released. But yeah, that's... I'll make sure that I send that email out to everyone who registered. And lastly, I'll just mention... Uh, my own site, um, my own membership site at arielamstein.com slash membership. It's called Profitable Portfolios, and it is all designed to help data scientists apply concepts like John is talking about to help them create portfolios that um, help highlight their work and build relationships with people who value their work. So, John, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure. Take care.
Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.